Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two, episode five of the Futbolino podcast. I've been gone for quite some time. I'm going to definitely be a lot more active on the podcast side of things. As you may have noticed on the Futbolino podcast YouTube channel, I have recently uploaded an interview with Alex Moniz ex-Chicago Fire FC player. I hope you guys go check it out. It's a great video. You get to know a little bit about a professional soccer player and how he came through the youth system and what his plans are for the future. You may be wondering why I'm showing face now. I'm going to try to create more content um, on the YouTube channel and I want the podcast to also have video elements. So I could potentially show you guys in the background of what I'm going to be talking about. In terms of updates about me, um, I'm currently in the spring semester of my academic career at the University of Florida. Um, I've decided to uh, take an extra semester to fully use all the resources UF is giving me in the journalism department. And as it stands, I will be graduating um, fall of 2024. But enough about me. Let's get into football. Um, since the start of the new year, on Monday, January 1st, Liverpool started the new year with a 4-2 win over Newcastle. Mohamed Salah was able to bag a brace before heading to AFCON with Egypt. He would score his first goal, the first goal of the game in the 49th minute. And five minutes later, Alexander Isak would reply. Klopp made some big time changes in the 64th minute, bringing on Jota, Gakpo, and Gravenberg, which were influential changes to the match. Substitute Diogo Jota would go on to find Curtis Jones in the 74th minute, giving Liverpool a 2-1 lead. Then. Mohamed Salah found the other substitute, Cody Gakpo, in the 78th minute to make it 3-1. Sven Botman would get one back from a corner kick in the 81st minute, but a beautiful McAllister through ball into Diogo Jota made it 1v1 with the goalkeeper. Um, Jota went to his left, the keeper dove. Controversial penalty, a lot of fans didn't like it, but again, the keeper touched Jota, so that's automatically a pen. Keeper lucky in a way to only receive a yellow and Salah banged it in. After missing a penalty earlier in the match, Salah was able to get a brace, even though he could have gotten a hat-trick with the two pens, but he doesn't mind as Liverpool go on to win 4-2. Liverpool have been amazing this year in the English Premier League. They're currently first place in the Premier League table. Always good for a club to start the new year with a win. As we all know, Arsenal were up top at Christmas. Um, they're a bit of a meme now known as the Christmas champions, but it always seems that Arsenal right after Christmas, something always um, happens and Arsenal currently haven't had a win in quite some time and they're struggling right now. But we're going to talk about Arsenal a little bit later. First, we're going to go on to Tuesday, January 2nd, moving on to La Liga, Real Sociedad, where Lucky to grab a tie against Alaves. The match ended 1-1. Early on, the Real Sociedad keeper Alex Remiro received a red card in the 36th minute after handling the ball outside of his box. 
the ball had an awkward bounce, which Ramiro didn't read correctly. Um, he threw his hand up to stop a sure goal, and Sociedad were defending the rest of the match. It wasn't until the 76th minute, which spoiled Sociedad's clean sheet attempt, when winger Luis Rioja scored a penalty. Sociedad were lucky to get the equalizer in the 90th plus 6th minute by a goal from Zubimendi. Zubimendi has been an excellent player for Real Sociedad this season. He has earned a couple call-ups to the Spain national team, which he definitely deserves. As you have probably listened from my previous episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you know that I'm a big Real Sociedad fan. Not really fan, but I guess you could say believer. Their team absolutely dominated their Champions League group. And I thought that they were going to be a real threat in Europe. I still do believe that. But for some reason in the league, they always mess up. We saw it with Sevilla last season. They're struggling to stay in La Liga. But they went on to go and beat Jose Mourinho in the Europa League final. It's just something that Spanish teams in La Liga, they never perform the way they should be. You can even say Real Madrid always seems to struggle against weaker-sided teams, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But yeah, something needs to happen with this Real Sociedad team. They have all the talent. They have players on the bench that have tons of potential. Um, currently, they're going to lose Kubo to the Asian Cup, which is going to be a big blow for them. But they definitely do have the depth and the talent to continue as if nothing happened. But th there's just something wrong with Sociedad that definitely needs to be fixed. They're currently not in a Champions League spot, which is pretty disappointing considering how well they're doing. But it's La Liga at the end of the day, and you got to get results against teams like Alaves that sit near the bottom of the table. And when you tie 1-1, that red card, you can't have that red card that early on in the game. And you, you should a keeper shouldn't be getting a red card ever due to an error like that. But they move. And they have to look forward to their next match. Valencia played against big rivals Villarreal and were victorious by three goals to one. They have had quite the season this year after kind of a terrible season last year, which is interesting to think because two of their best players in Samuel Lino and Yunus Musa, also Cloyver, all left in the summer. Cloyver, I'm pretty sure, was a lone he was never a Valencia's player to begin with, but Lino was a buy. Uh, Yunus Musa was bought from the Arsenal Academy very early on. But now Valencia sit ninth in La Liga. And while they're having a spectacular season, Villarreal, on the other hand, are struggling. Villarreal sits 13th and they're in a relegation battle. They have 19 points and they're four off 18th Cadiz. Villarreal sold all their weapons in the summer. Samuel Chukweze, Nicholas Jackson, and Pau Torres. They also lost Yermi Pino early on in the season due to torn ligaments. Nothing from the Villarreal standpoint has gone right at all. They did not reinvest into their team, which is proving to be a mistake because they have just not been it this season. Moving back onto Valencia... Roman Yeremchuk, the Ukrainian striker, bagged his first goal of the season for Valencia. He scored in the fourth minute to open things up. Pepelu scored two pens in the 27th and 57th minute, respectively. By then, the game was basically over. Gerard Moreno 
would score in the 73rd minute, but by then it was too little, too late. Valencia have 26 points in La Liga, and they're only two points off 7th place Real Betis. Moving on to Wednesday, the 3rd, Real Madrid beat Mallorca 1-0. Massive game for Real Madrid. Lots of injuries, players coming back from injury. We saw Vinicius Jr. back in the starting 11 for the first time in quite a while. It was great seeing him play. Two spectacular shots. One of them was given as a corner, even though I don't believe the goalkeeper touched it. When he went inside the box, shot it with his left foot, and the ball went wide. Was awarded a corner, but don't think it should have been given. Then his other shot was just spectacular. Put everything on it. Great save by the goalie. Had to make a dive. But for 60 minutes from Vinicius coming back from, I believe, a hamstring injury, I couldn't be more pleased from his performance. Rudiger would go on to score the game-winning goal, the only goal of the match in the 78th minute. Gomodric, I believe, sent in the ball right onto Rudiger's head. He leaped up and headed it home, making it 1-0 for Madrid as they win a game that they should have won by a lot more goals. Very disappointing from Real Madrid's standpoint. Just nothing, couldn't, couldn't get anything going. Um, but as I said earlier in the episode, Real Madrid and many big La Liga teams struggle against teams that they should be winning by three goals, four goals. I mean, we haven't seen Barcelona win a game uh, by more than one goal in quite some time. And it's just tough. It's tough in La Liga. It doesn't make any sense because these teams go off in Europe other than Barcelona. They go off in Europe and they do pretty good things. But I don't know. But that's been the story for Real Madrid for quite some time. They just always make it look difficult instead of making it look easy. But a win is a win. And they sit atop the La Liga table. Wednesday also had probably one of the best games of the season when Girona scraped the victory over Atletico in the dying embers of the game. It was a seven-goal thriller that ended 4-3 in Girona's favor. Girona are proving again that they are a legit side. They lost against Real Madrid 3-0 early on in the season, which made me believe that Girona were going to start slowing down, but they respond with a big win over Barcelona and a massive W over Atletico. It's got to be said that the scouting done by the department over at Girona has been amazing. The right back is currently on loan from Manchester City. Uh, both Manchester City and Girona are owned under the same group. So that was a pretty smart move, uh, I guess, keeping it in the family, developing not only a right back that I think is going to be spectacular, but both clubs um, are gaining from it. Left back, Miguel Gutierrez, ex-Real Madrid. He has an 8 million euro release clause. I don't know if Madrid should activate it in the summer. We saw the same thing with Fran Garcia at Rayo Vallecano. He was doing spectacular, even scoring goals against Barcelona. But we activated his buyback clause for 10 million euros. Uh, we had a 50% sell-on fee as well. So basically, we only paid 5 euros at the end of it. And he just not he just has not been good for Real Madrid. Um, he's all hustle, which is great to see, but he just he doesn't contribute the way that um, Madrid thought he was going to. Nothing wrong with it. We need to give the players some time. 
he is a left back, so it should be easier for him to adjust. But at the same time, wearing a Real Madrid shirt is heavy. Um, it's hard to do. And, you know, only the best of the best can do it. We've seen that in the past. But yet again, just capping it off on Girona, their scouting department has been amazing. Um, but will they be able to keep it up another season? If Girona end up in a Champions League spot, we don't know what's going to happen due to them having the same ownership group as City, whether or not either City would have to play in the Europa League, which does not look likely, or Girona would have to play in the Europa League. But if they stay top four and they're able to play Champions League football next year, I don't see other teams coming in and raiding Girona. But at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Girona. Is it going to be like a Leicester City fairy tale where they come in and win the league? I don't know. They're head for head with Real Madrid and Real Madrid obviously up, have the upper hand after beating them 3-0. But it's a fun team to watch and it's going to be interesting to see how the season unfolds for them. We're going to move all the way to Saturday, January 6th when Real Madrid beat Arandina. 3-1. to one. This is the team that you may know that had the shocking pitch in the Copa del Rey when it was raining and the ball just basically stuck to the mud and it was hard for players to do anything with it. Arandina in the previous round of La Copa del Rey beat other first division side Cadiz. I believe it was in penalties and it was most likely due to this terrible pitch they had it worked in their favor Arda Guler made his Real Madrid debut in this 3-1 victory I was scared personally about him playing on this pitch but when I realized it had it rained and the pitch wasn't gonna be muddy I figured it's fine to give him his debut I was more worried that he could potentially step wrong and injure his foot due to the poor pitch or injure something but you know thankfully that did not happen he had a fantastic debut. I cannot complain. At the end of the day, he played 59 minutes against a Tercera División team, which I believe is the fourth division of Spanish football. But at the end of the day, he did good. He comes in, played perfectly, had a free kick uh, that nearly started a war between Turkey and Dani Ceballos, which would have been funny to see. Personally, I have not been this excited about a youngster since Marco Asensio rose through the ranks of Real Madrid. Marco Asensio was basically the first youngster um, that I really saw come out of a team and develop. That's when I really started focusing everything on football and really watching games and just investing basically my whole life into the sport. We saw what happened with Asensio. Uh, he tore his ACL the COVID season, right? so it was... 2019-20 season, that preseason, he tore his ACL. That absolutely um, crushed me. And then seeing him leave uh, actually hurt me more than watching Ronaldo leave. Um, I was a big Asensio fan. Still am. He's doing his thing in Paris, but he's been injured, so he hasn't been able to do much. But moving back on to Guler, he's a fantastic player, and Real Madrid do have a gem in him, but only time will tell. Another player who had a promising debut that game was Vinicius Tobias. He is the Brazilian right back that is currently playing for Real Madrid's B team, Castilla. He did fine. He did what he had to do. I would like to see him play more on the first team or at least play with the first team. I want to see him get some La Liga minutes. The current issue is I do not believe Real Madrid are able to 
due to him being from Brazil, I don't know if Madrid have the foreign player roster spots available, non-EU players. In La Liga, you're only allowed three non-EU players. I currently don't know how many Real Madrid have. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening there. But I do believe he should be getting some second division minutes minimum. Um, but I would love to see him integrated into that first team. While Vinicius, Tobias, and Arda Guler made their debuts for Real Madrid's first team, a familiar face, Alvaro Rodriguez, made his season debut for Real Madrid in the 80th minute. The striker is most famously known for his tying goal against Atleti last season in La Liga, which gave Real Madrid some hopes to potentially still win the La Liga title. It's interesting to see why he hasn't played that many minutes this season, considering how Real Madrid do not have a striker and we're depending on Jose Lu. I'd rather be giving minutes to Alvaro Rodriguez than giving minutes to Jose Lu. We know what Jose Lu could do. He's not fantastic. Why not put Alvaro in those scenarios instead of Jose Lu? Give him some minutes, see what can happen. But Carlo Ancelotti thinks otherwise. I do not know if it's an injury that has been keeping him out of the team. I don't believe it is. If it's not injury, something's definitely going on behind the scenes. I'm not saying that there's going there's beef uh, per se between Ancelotti and Rodriguez, but I do potentially believe that Alvaro must not be um, doing what the training staff wants him to be doing, whether that's not putting in the work in practice or not really showing that he cares or not developing as um, rapidly as they thought he would but the kid definitely needs some minutes in the first team and I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a couple more games uh, as a substitute in the rest of the season the only real upset I saw in La Copa del Rey or any cup competition this past week was on Monday the 8th when Unionistas beat Villarreal in penalties 7-6 in pens game ended Regulation time 1-1. Ex-Barca player Elias Akomak broke the deadlock in the 82nd minute. But Unionistas came back with a goal by Alfred Planas in the 87th minute. It was a penalty. Game went on to extra time. No one could score a goal. But Villarreal made two substitutions in extra time. They subbed in Kiko Femenia and Alberto Moreno. Both players would go on to miss penalties in the shootout, which led Unionistas winning 7-6. Something I've always preached as a fan was to never sub in a player to take penalties that late into extra time. I just think there, there's something about it. The player's just not ready, and I, I don't know what it is. I really can't explain it. But there's countless of times I've seen players getting subbed in 118th, 119th minute, literally to go in just to kick a penalty, and they either shank it or they hit it right at the keeper. It happens all the time. I'm sure you probably know a couple examples of this happening um, from watching your own team play. Personally, I would not sub in a player after the 105th minute basically meaning not in the second half of extra time due to just too much pressure for the player. They're not ready. They're probably cold, as in they're not into the match yet. I just don't think it's wise to do that. We're going to finish off the episode with the games to watch this week. 
On Tuesday, Chelsea face Middlesbrough in the Carabao Cup semifinal. This is a two-legged affair with Chelsea getting the first home game. Chelsea not in the greatest of form, but they are playing a second division side in Middlesbrough. I think Chelsea will comfortably win both legs. Moving on, on Wednesday, Real Madrid face Atletico de Madrid in the Supercopa de España. It is the semifinal. Only four teams are in the competition. Real Madrid have a tough task in hand. The game is played and the tournament is played in Saudi Arabia. Real Madrid have done pretty well in this competition. Uh, the last two years, they've made both finals, winning one last season, losing against Barcelona. This season, Atletico have been a little bit hit and miss, but when they're on fire, they are hard to stop. But I think Real Madrid will move on to the final. In the other Carabao Cup semifinal, Liverpool are facing Fulham. The first game is at Anfield, and Fulham are looking to cause an upset. But as I said, Liverpool are in fantastic form, able to beat Arsenal in the FA Cup without Mohamed Salah. And I think they'll comfortably move past Fulham in two legs. Moving on to Thursday, the other two teams of La Supercopa de España, Barcelona and Osasuna, face off. Osasuna had a fantastic season last year, reaching La Copa del Rey final, losing against Real Madrid, and they made a conference league spot in La Liga. Unfortunately, they were not able to make the actual conference league competition as they were knocked out in the playoff against Club Bruges. They haven't been the same this season, and I think Barcelona will be able to comfortably brush them aside as they will face either Real Madrid or Atletico de Madrid in the final. Moving on, Saturday seems to be the derby day as Athletic Club faced Real Sociedad at home. It is the best derby, and Athletic Club have been in fantastic form this season. They are currently fourth in La Liga, while Real Sociedad are sixth. They are only six points away from each other. This win will be a statement for Real Sociedad saying that they're back. The Alaves game was a fluke, but Athletic Club has a chance to go on and overtake Barcelona in the table. So it's going to be a fantastic affair. In the Premier League, Chelsea face Fulham in the London derby. Both teams are mid-table. Chelsea being 10th and Fulham being 13th, but they're only four points apart. A win would take Fulham to 11th place, which would be big considering how they've had a pretty good season with not the best players. Losing Mitrovic, not really able to replace him. They brought in Raul Jimenez, but let's just face it, he's not the same striker as he was at Wolves before his head injury. But Fulham have been taking points away from some big teams. And let's see if they could do that with Chelsea. On Sunday, the Supercopa de España final will take place. Obviously, we don't know who's going to play in it, but I'm assuming it's going to be Real Madrid versus Barcelona to make it in a Clásico. In the Premier League, Manchester United are going to be playing Tottenham. Big game. Tottenham will potentially play Timo Werner, and Timo Werner will make his debut. As you all may know, Timo Werner used to play for Tottenham's rivals, Chelsea. Now he's made the move to Tottenham and he wants to prove all the doubters wrong. Uh, personally, I think he's going to be a decent little signing. Um, currently, James Madison is out with injury and Hyungman Sun is in the Asian Cup. But once Sun comes back, I think Timo Werner is going to be a good little 60th minute, 55th minute sub. 
It is a low move from Leipzig until the end of the season. I do not know whether or not it is a loan to buy or if Tottenham have the option to buy. But it'll be interesting. Timo Werner was excited to join. It didn't take him too much convincing. And he's back in London, back in the Premier League. Finishing the weekend off in Serie A, AC Milan, Captain America will face Roma and Jose Mourinho, the special one. Roma have been in shocking form this season. Uh, they are actually 10 points behind Milan in the table. Milan being in third with 39 points, while Roma have 29. It has been an interesting year in Serie A, with Napoli even under Roma with 28 points, even though they won the league last season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I believe Milan's attack was going to overthrow Jose Mourinho's defensive mindset. I hope you have all enjoyed this episode of the Fupolino podcast, the first with video. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to leave a like and subscribe if you are on YouTube. If you are listening on or if you're watching on Apple and I don't know if Apple has video, but definitely Spotify does. If you're listening slash watching over there, come check out the YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to be creating short-term content soon, and I'm also going to uh, try to push out more videos. Hopefully, I can get a couple more interviews with some players, and we'll see what the future holds. But I definitely am going to be a lot more consistent this year with my podcast. And I hope to see you all there. And go on to the YouTube channel, go to the comments, and ask me any questions. Let me know what you think about the episode, and tell me what you want me to talk about next episode. Thank you all, and have a great rest of your day. Peace.